0: Got away from him, you know. Um, kind of a, uh, you know, <laughs> you don't want to put your head down before the play is over. Kind of, kind of did that a little bit. Throw got away from both.
1: Well, that was pretty succinct. The skipper John Schneider discussing yesterday's two-one loss to the Philadelphia Phillies. Gets easier, folks. The Braves are in town for three, starting tomorrow. Today is an off day. Um, it's Blair and Barker, Jeff Blair and Kevin Barker. You know, I, I, I mean, I, I exhausted just about everything in Blue Jays talk yesterday. I was so, I was so upset when we came on to do Blue Jays talk, uh, losing a game on a throwing error by Bo Bichette, his first error since I think, April 8th. Uh, I, I mean, a play that, now let's just say, let's just say that the Bryce Harper, I don't know if he spun his wheels coming out of the box, but he was out, he was out by a mile. Just a decent throw. A decent throw gets him, and um, it's a double play, and we move on to the, to the 11th inning. Uh, but, Kevin, you, know, you brought up a question, and I don't even know if we can answer it. You brought up the question, though, about Bo, and it's kind of, I guess, the nut of this argument with Bo Bichette. And I think we've been pretty clear. I've been pretty clear where I stand. I just... Bo's going to make errors at shortstop. I hope it doesn't cost them a game. This one cost them a game. Hopefully it doesn't happen in the playoffs. Can I guarantee it? No. If that was a playoff game, would I have maybe closed my eyes a little bit or looked down? Possibly. But <sighs> Kevin... I almost I hate when they I hate when they lose a game on a bow error because you've got to talk about it because it was the play. Mm-hmm. But it it it's like it, it's like trying to figure out what's wrong with Alec. It, it doesn't matter. like it, it literally doesn't matter. They lost the game. Bo's going to be back at shortstop on Friday. He'll probably have a two hit game at some point in this series. He, he's probably going to he got a good chance of leading the majors and in hitting in, in, in hits again this year. I mean, yeah, you got to talk about it. Yeah, you got to mention it. But beyond that, I, you know, I don't know, I don't know where to go with it. He's he's going to be the shortstop, and he's going to be the shortstop next year, and probably the year after
0: that. Yeah, I, look, I, I, I think it's. It is what it is. I think you just said it there about the hitting. He's top 10 hitter in baseball. Like he is that good. He does things to baseball. It's kind of annoying uh, because you have to talk about the air, right? You can't do the whole show without talking about the air. Yeah, because sometimes it's a theme. It's not the catching of the ball. It's the throwing of the ball. And this is just made the careless throws sometimes that he makes because of the weird arm angles. Like the one yesterday, he didn't have to do that. He could have. He had plenty of time because Tim Mesa give him credit. That is not an easy play. No, it's not. First of all, it was not. You know, it was hit pretty hard. It had a weird little hop to it. He catches it. He has enough awareness to step up on top of the mound because you Great don't want to throw on that little mound right and you sail the ball and it goes into center field and he's got the air instead of Bo having the air. So you give Tim Mesa credit. He did everything right. He threw a strike to Bo. He had Bo had plenty of time to clear the lane. Over top, throw a strike to Vladimir Guerrero Jr. And that's the thing for me. He's played first or shortstop long enough to know better than to wear these arm angles and sometimes the 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 just the field awareness of what's going on around you. It's just sometimes easier in the heat of the moment to not lollipop things from a weird arm angle. Is sort of my point. We we all get the offensive side of the ball. He does special things defensively with the arm angles. Yeah, look, I, there's, I mean, there's nothing they're going to do. They gave him thirty three and a half million dollars. He's their shortstop. He'll we spent playing, playing yesterday talking about it. The, he's to, this he's year, next year, and well this Probably year. the year after it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He has, but it's the it is those situations that you don't forget. Uh, that that's what it is. Uh, the plays that he makes at shortstop. Let's quite frankly say it. The balls that are hit right at you. You're an everyday shortstop. You should make those eleven times out of ten. Well, let's not lie about it. Like he takes enough ground balls between games, and and him and Louis Rivera out there hitting so many ground balls and throwing so many balls. It's it's those balls he should catch. It's the obvious, right? He catches it. It should be, it should be pitch and catch with him, right? It, it should that should be every shortstop known to man should just be able to catch that thing, stay on top of it, clear the lane from the runner, throw a strike to first. Instead of sort of catching the ball flat-footed, have a little bit of move, momentum going towards your target, have your arm angle below your belt, have to adjust it, uh, adjust it because the runner's a little bit closer than you thought he was. You choke it off. You're not even close to your target. It sails away, and that's frustrating. He is, a, he is a special offensive player. Like, you don't see things like he does offensively. They don't come around every day. You can't teach it. We've had... Plenty of people come on this show and just say offensively, you don't teach kids that he does things that you're not supposed to be able to do. And then there's a the defensive side of it. And that I think is when you're a blue Jays fan, it is a little frustrating to, to sort of, you know, just not all the time understand why it's happening. He's a human being. He's going to make errors, right? Physical errors, mental errors. It's going to happen. He's a human being, but it's just that, routine, every day, most shortstops should make 11 times out of 10. I think that's where the frustration comes in. And you hope just, you know, he le- he learns from it. Hopefully he stays on top of the baseball the next time. I'm sure Lou Rivera is getting on the plane and in the clubhouse is saying, hey, you know, that ball that's down there is very hard to control. It sometimes goes all over the place. And then you got that runner bearing down on you. Stay on top of it. Clear the lane. Let's try and not do it again, and I'm sure hopefully for his sake, Jay's sake, organizational sake, that he does better next time.
1: Uh, We will be joined by Braves general manager Alex Anthopoulos at the bottom of the hour. Brandon Barriera, uh, the uh, Toronto's first pick in the 2022 draft, made his second pro start last night against Clearwater. Three innings pitched, four runs, runs, three hits, four strikeouts, three walks. He was really good in his first start last week. Four innings pitched, six Ks, one walk. It's a terrific story, uh, an interesting story. We spoke to Kylie, Mc- Kylie McDaniel about him a little earlier this week. Uh, so Brandon Barriere of the Dunedin Blue Jays will join us in the second part of the show. As always, the back leg line is open, 416-413-3959. And as we mentioned, the Jays have today off. They start their three-game series against the Braves Friday with Spencer Strider taking on Chris Bassett. Uh, we got plenty of, of time to talk about the pinch hit decision by John Schneider, but I want to focus right now because I kind of kind of was a little overly annoyed about that decision yesterday, and I've had time to, to cool off, and I want to talk about it. I still want to give myself a little time to cool off, but I want to talk about Kevin Gossman. Uh, he threw his five fastest pitches of the year yesterday. First time he's hit 99, I think, since 2020. Two pitches at ninety nine, the fourth inning against Kyle Schwarber, terrific at bat, four pitches ninety-seven plus. Of course, the splitter was was devastating. And Kevin, you've talked about this. For the splitter to be good, he needs to have ninety seven in the tank. He just does. And we saw that yesterday on an extra day. His next start will be with extra rest as well because of the off day today. Um he's not going to have a, a lot of starts the rest of the year with the extra day. You know, I'm, you yeah. may at this point, you may want to bake that yeah, I'm in. Not,
0: I'm not sure that's, but, I'm not, I'm not, that's the obvious thing that you, you would point at was, I don't think that's okay, what it is. Okay, explain I, what you think well, the difference uh, was. Look, I was talking to Caleb Joseph off the – well, yesterday when I, was, when I was seeing the 95s, and 97s, I saw 99 one time, and he's caught him he's before. He's caught Goss. And I said, well, tell me the difference. Is there something mechanical that I'm not seeing that maybe is the reason? And he told me, and it was really good. He said, you got to remember, he hasn't been in the big leagues five years with 500 innings. He's, this is his 12th season. He's pushing 1,400 innings. He's an old dude. He's thrown a lot. Throwing a lot. Occasionally, it's going to look 91. Occasionally, it's going to be ninety-two. Early in a season, he's going to have to pitch instead of throwing it by people, which he talked about. So, what start was it where we noticed the velocity was
1: down? And he said that that was Kansas City. It he, was said it was, he said it was the weather, The weather, but he was also. And yeah. I, I kind of bought that because I just kind of bought that. I, I okay. think he's.
0: I think he's a smart guy. I think he's been around a long time. That's my point is, and I think that's Caleb's point is that you got to remember that I talk about him a lot just because we're spoiled. Like we see him when he's elite, like he was yesterday. You can't hit it. He's got two pitches. I know. Two pitches. He dominated that lineup. And that lineup, if you notice, is pretty good. Like they're pretty good. That's really good. And he dominates them with two pitches. And. I think that's sort of what we need to remember is he's been around a long time, 12 years, is a long time since mm-hmm. 12th season, 1400 innings, a lot of innings. Occasionally it's not going to be 95, 97. Would you love it all the time? Sure. Absolutely. So that's why I think every, you know, it's easy to just point the finger, give him the extra day. I even said, I think that I said that off the air that, you know, that might be the blueprint to see, to get the maximum Kevin Gosman that you want to get come playoff time. Sure. But, I'm not sure that's what it is. I think we've seen him have the extra day before. It's been 92, 93, right? I, don't, I just don't I just don't think that's it. If, for whatever reason, you know, maybe his body's not feeling right. The finish is not there. Uh, you know, the rhythm and timing that it takes, you know, his toe tap, there's more of them now. Might tell you he's feeling a little bit more frisky. His timing's mm-hmm. getting better with that. Maybe that's sort of like his trigger. I talk hitting triggers all the time, and when you don't have one, you sort of start and stop. You're trying to gain momentum. That might be where the momentum was lost, right? So there's a lot of things. I'm sure the five days full rest doesn't hurt. You Give him a little mental day to yeah. just sort of, you know, I'm feeling frisky now. Like I get the extra day of massages. I, Whatever it is his routine is, maybe he's got that little extra day, and that's why he's got the extra gear. But you see when he does have the extra gear, he's unhittable. He like he unhittable. had 19 called strikes, which is a lot. Right. That'll tell you the thing's got the extra gear. That'll tell you it's outer third. That'll tell you it's a little up off the plate. Those are competitive. When we see 91s, you can let that travel a little bit more. He had 15 swing and misses, eight of those off the split finger, five of those are off the fastball. He only had three or two three ball counts, which is excellent for a guy that has two pitches. Mm -hmm. One I of, continue to go back is out, to that.
1: Is going to be out of the zone. I,
0: well, yeah, well, those are, again, the 19 called strikes. 13 of those are fastballs. He threw enough split fingers to get you honest enough that you think you have to swing at both of them, and then he would sprinkle in a couple of sliders, which if I'm facing him, you want to throw me a slider, I'm going to tip my hat to you because I can't cover that split yeah. finger and then the 96, 97 one, he does have it. it that's That's excellent stuff, right? When you go up from you know, over two and a half miles an hour on your fastball. Because you know the Phillies were thinking the same thing that everybody else is thinking. Okay, this thing's 93 and a half. What? what? What's the velocity going? Now, all of a sudden, I got a decent chance of laying off the split finger down. Because I can let that travel just a little bit more. Let's think about trying to push this thing to left field. Now, all of a sudden, his first pitch was 97, 98. And you're thinking, holy. Yeah, so it's... That is the big difference, right? And now it's just going to be interesting to see how the organization as a whole, we talk about that, right? This might be the blueprint. I'm not saying that's the reason why, but maybe you had a little something to do with it, and this is a conversation back and forth between maybe whoever's I'll... making decisions when it comes to that. Yeah, Kevin Gosman, Pete with Walker, this run of John games, Snyder. After, like it's, after I'm sure it's not going to happen in the 30 games in the 31 days. Yeah. Like You're not going to be able to do it now, but I'm talking stretch run, getting the 95s to 99s from Kevin Gosman because that's when he's elite. He's not good. He's elite. And maybe this is sort of a little bl- blueprint. Hopefully, for their sake, it is. Oh, we have to talk about
1: the pinch hit appearance in the 10th inning. Um, the inning starting with the automatic runner at, at second base. And uh, that was Nathan Lucas who uh, had come in the game. You know, uh, Danny Jansen struck out, Santiago Espinal struck out, and I know people are saying, bunt, 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 bunt the guy over to scoring position. I, I really do ma- maintain, and I don't think this is rocket science, and I think I'm on pretty safe ground, but Kevin, and this is why I love the ghost runner, or whatever you want to call it. The man, I kind of prefer Manfred Man to be honest. It's why I like this rule, because on the road, I think you play for two. I don't think you play for one. I think you play for two on the road. It's different at home. At I mean, home, that's you're...
0: a runner on second base. Danny Jansen, you know, right now couldn't hit water if he fell out of a boat. No, and you're, so and... you can throw it against the wall with what they've been seeing. Now, Danny Jansen, can he bunt? Mm-hmm. I mean, you're you're trying to bunt high octane velocity. It's not wouldn't be the easiest thing to do, but it's the no. It's you got the, Craig Kimbrel. It's the, the it's the just the opportunity to make it easier for the guy standing on the on deck circle, <laughs> no matter who that would be. Right. To try and not have to always get a hit to drive a run in that—that that is the one thing you got to ask yourself. And sometimes you go outside the norm, right? I'm—I'm—I'm I'm, I'm not saying you bun him, but boy, it would be a hard decision not to. Really, I so think. A Danny it, J- has Danny Jensen been any good? I just
1: offensively. I, I just—I I think it's an—I think it's an easy call. You don't play for one run on the road. i i just, I, I just don't think you do. I think well. you play for two. Um, now, you know, and again, luck plays into this. You've talked about this, right? Luck plays into it a lot of times in extra innings because of where you are in the order. Mm-hmm. Now, to me, if I'm the Blue Jays, I'm managing that inning to try to get Bo Bichette to the plate. It's captain obvious, but I'm managing that inning to try to get Bo Bichette to the plate. Now, here's the issue I had: Danny Jansen strikes out, Santiago Espinal strikes out, and for whatever reason, Santiago Espinal is not a great not a great bunder anyhow. So. Now you've got Kevin Kiermaier coming up well, to the plate. Well, he
0: wouldn't bun anyway with one out, so no, he wouldn't want no. Santiago no, to No,
1: but now you've got Kevin Kiermaier coming up to the plate. Um he's been in a he's been pretty good lately. He's a lefty bat. You got Craig Kimbrell on the mound. Um, he's got speed. There's a chance of the balls put in play that Kevin Kiermaier can can get to first base, and you keep the inning going. And here comes Bo. John Schneider decided to pinch hit with Alejandro Kirk, who, and and John Schneider, John Schneider's response afterwards was, well, we were playing for contact. And indeed he got contact. He got 5-3, which you and I could have predicted. I mean, Alejandro Kirk right now is the king of rollovers. I mean, he just is. And I have, it's the second game where I've really got a question the decision, and I questioned it at the time. I questioned it with a George Springer carting his IV bag up to the plate on Tuesday night. That's a little easier to sell, though, up. with who's on the mound. I don't see. I don't it, think it, it, n- it is. No.
0: I, if you're, well, you're going to sell one of the two situations, that no, would be the one. Kevin,
1: the guy is sick. The guy can't play. My, look, the guy you, can't play. He didn't, didn't play you yesterday. Didn't,
0: you didn't know that when he walked to the plate. You knew that after he took the three swings, but I, you didn't, you didn't know that. That's my point is you can you sell, you can that? sell George Springer coming to the plate. You can't sell Alejandro Anyhow. Kirk coming to the plate. That's is my point. Yeah. Anyhow. Well, you can sell one of the two. That's so what you are trying taken to do. A, here's the thing. Here's I'm a, not saying I'd have done it. Here, here's but the I'm thing. Saying though. One of the two.
1: Yeah, you yeah, I don't want to litigate the whole you, Dalton Varsha and Kevin Kiermaier are everyday players. Absolutely.
0: No question. They're everyday
1: players. And if no you're going to get to where you want to go, guess what? Varsho's going to have to get a big hit against a hard-throwing lefty, yeah, and yeah. Kevin Kiermaier's got to have. that. I'm sorry, he's got to have that at bat. And the the other part of this that really annoys me is now you take your best defensive center fielder out. You're already you can't use George Springer. He didn't even come in for defense. So now I'm looking at an outfield of Lucas Varsho and
0: uh, With Merrifield. Yeah, I, see, I don't have an issue with the defensive side of it. That, look, they're they're good enough route runners. They're they're gonna catch balls. They they should catch. It's the who's hitting. That, that who cares about who's playing defense? All right. Who cares? I, I, well, well I, defense I cost you the game. Yeah, Kevin. Been, Defense yeah, cost the, you not, the game. Not the outfield defense. Defense cost you the yeah, game. You you're You're talking about. You're not. You're not arguing about who's standing in the outfield. I, you're what I'm arguing saying is, about who's what I, hitting. What I'm saying is
1: there was no. A manager's job is to maximize his team's opportunity to win. That does not maximize the opportunity.
0: On any level. Obviously, John, John, any level. John either knows something we don't, sees something we're not seeing. For him to be making this move, it's it's – I'm not saying that I would have made it. There's no chance. Kiermaier's had a better season so far off- offensively than Kirk has. There's no question. <laughs> There's no – and he – what Kevin does is put pressure on defenses, and we've seen in the bottom of the 10th what that does to defenses, right? You put pressure – Bryce Harper might have – Falling, coming out of the box, but he putting pressure. Bo knew probably that he needed to be a little quicker with that. That's beside the point. I'm just it's it is a it is a head scratcher the last couple of days on on why they're pinch and, hitting people for who they're pinch hitting for. That doesn't make a ton of thing, sense to here's us. Here's
1: the thing, though. Sometimes the right move doesn't always work out. Well, it seems like they're overthinking it. Right. Sometimes the right move doesn't From always outside work outside out. And it. I just assume. That when you make a move like that, you know, look, John Schneider's not trying to deliberately lose the game. He's trying to win the game. John Schneider's a smart guy, so we didn't have a brain cramp. Uh, you know, John Schneider has way more information at his hands than we do. So I assume all this stuff. I assume yep. good intentions, superior knowledge, all this stuff. No question. Optics but of the man, whole thing. There, there look has to right. be some there's gotta be some deep, dark secret. Thing about that decision that we just that we just don't see, and you lose the DH. Well, I mean, which is irrelevant. You lose the DH, but before that comes around again. No level on no level
0: on no level have you maximized your opportunity to win that? Game. I don't think that's I what they were caring that. about. They weren't caring about who's playing in the outfield because they ha- they have confidence in all that's three fine, of those guys, you, and they don't care about losing but their but DH. Kevin, it's it, about that thing of. And John saying that they wanted contact oh. is a very odd they got thing to say. I mean, they got I contact. Under- I'm, that's what I'm Flight saying. Three. That's what I'm saying. Predictable. That's what I'm saying. So it is. I will give you. It is. Those are all fair arguments too. Man, oh man. Why, a- why are they? You know the the Varsho thing with the Springer thing. Uh, yeah. I mean, that dude's hitting in the three hole for you. He's been raking. Starting to make changes and giving you a competitive at bat, and one guy's sick—that doesn't a boat, make a ton of sense. I'm and then both the, done with
1: Alejandro Kirk. And then to be the Kirky
0: thing. Well, it's early, boy. You're 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 jumping ship quick. Well, it is early. It is Kirk. early,
1: and we thought. Listen, boy, hey, we getting, came on after that that game he had against
0: the Mariners, and we thought, oh, the swing is faster, and yeah, it looks like Kirk, the old Kirkie. You know, again, I, I I I will say this, and Jeez. I will continue to say it: when you are good one season. The khakis all of a sudden pay a ton of attention to you, trying to figure how, how, out how to get you out. He is hitting, he is hitting 194 versus a breaking ball. You noticed all them rollovers. What are they? Breaking balls away. That that's the point is right. Is you and now it's up to Alejandro Kirk to make adjustments. He is not a guy that gets good rotation with his lower half. He just ain't. He's that guy. If you notice, every time he makes contact. His back foot does not rotate. If I'm a pitching coach, if I'm a khaki, if I'm a pitcher, I'm thinking force him to rotate. What do I do? Throw him a breaking ball down and away. What are they doing? Throwing him breaking balls down and away. That's the thing, right, is this separates the the good big leaguers from the borderline great big leaguers, is how quickly they make adjustments. You have to make them. The league's adjusted to Kirkie. So the I don't want to hear any more about the spring training. He didn't have one. We're too far into the season for that to matter anymore. You can take a bazillion swings in the cage. You can go before the game. They can crank that machine up that they got to 170 miles an hour to get the foot down and get better rotation. So that's no longer going to – that's not a conversation, at least for me, anymore. So now it's up to him to make some adjustments. And if you're going into these games, Jeff – that they're about to go into with the Yankees, the Braves, the Orioles. If you look at the Blue Jays. You better get one of the two catchers going offensively, and George Springer. I, I mean, I, if he's if he's healthy enough to to play, they better figure out something. He he's going to have to start getting he played some hits. in Pittsburgh. That's the point. Is like first of all, you need to get healthy. Physically. Nobody wants you to go out there hurt, sick, whatever it is you are. But when you are back, he's one of the key pieces that needs to get going, right? To help out a little. And I'm not I'm not gonna look at the standings
1: because it's way too early to look at the standings, but I'm gonna look at the standings. Tampa Bay 29 and nine. Baltimore beat Tampa. They're twenty four and thirteen. Boston's twenty two sixteen. Toronto's twenty one and sixteen. And uh, the Yankees are twenty one and seventeen. God, that division. Crazy. Um, but we kept saying, well, wait until the Rays run into tough teams. Well, they've played 19 games against teams that are 500 or better. Winning's a habit. Which that, is the same city, as the Blue no. Jays. Baltimore. That's, that's well, Baltimore habit. had an easy schedule. Baltimore's schedule was easy. Wait till, they, wait till their schedule gets tougher. Well, they've played 18 games against teams over 500. Just one less than the Blue Jays. Boston. They've played 29 games against teams over 500. They've played 10 games more against teams over 500 than your Blue Jays, Mr. Barker. And the Yankees have played 23 games against teams over. The, the Jays have had the, what, second easiest schedule so far? And it gets really tough. And and that's all I'm saying. The 12 and 13 on the road, 10 and 9 against teams that are 500 or better. It's early. It's May 11th. And I don't look at the standings I look at them, but I don't really put any stock into the –
0: Unless you're one of the one, teams two, in the three, American four, five, East, and, and then you better start looking But out. now I'm looking at this thing,
1: and I'm wondering, <laughs> yeah. all the stuff we talked about, you know, the Jays have had – And they're, uh, they're uh, healthy. They're, well, bingo. Thank they're. you. They're healthy. Yeah. I mean, the, the worst injury they've sustained so far is in the minor Simber. league system. And him. Simber. And Simber. You're covered there. And George Springer's virus. They're healthy. Max. <laughs> the, Yankees ain't, the Yankees haven't been healthy. Nope. The Red Sox haven't been healthy. Nope. Right? The Rays, they don't have Tyler Glasnow. He was pulled out of his rehab start yesterday. The Rays aren't completely healthy. Mm-mm. And the Orioles, I mean, just keep, keep going. So, I, 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 you know, this is
2: You got to take a, a take
1: a little closer look at what's going on this with this team a- right now. And I'm also going to throw this out there. This is a team that's a luxury tax team. This is a team that's spending a lot of
0: money, a lot of money to put that on the field.
1: Yeah. Just saying.
0: They're just like every other good team. They need their best players to be their best players. And right now, some guys need to step it up a little bit and be better. The Jays
1: will start a four game or a three game series against now I'm just really. The Jays will start a three game series against the Atlanta Braves this weekend. Alex Anthopoulos is president of baseball operations and general manager of the Braves. Could Michael Soroka, Canada Zone be making Fingers a return crossed. in this series? Fingers crossed. Yeah. It would be Sunday against Yusei Kikuchi. We'll ask Alex that and we'll take a look at the Braves. Ho hum. They've got two pitchers, two starting pitchers who are done until after the All-Star break. And they're still the best team in the National League. Maybe baseball. Alex Anthopoulos is next. It's Blair and Barker on Sportsnet 590. The Fan of Sportsnet 360. Big opinions and in-depth conversations covering the Leafs, Jays, Raptors, and the NFL. The J.D. Bunkins Podcast. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, the Jays have today off. They will entertain the Atlanta Braves. <clears throat> the three-game series starting tomorrow. Spencer Strider against Chris oh, Bassett. That's oh, gonna Godzilla. be a lot
0: of fun. Well, that's something else. I mean, if... Bryce can... Elder. Yeah. Hey.
1: Against Jose Barrios, and then to be Fingers confirmed crossed. Sunday. Sunday could be Michael Soroka of Calgary making his, uh, I hope so. his debut and his return from. I. You know what I. God love Michael. I just I keep forgetting what his injuries are. I just I just do. He's just returning from
0: Achilles, I think. ankle
1: from an injury. Um and it would be great. It would be outstanding to see him. Well, first it'd be outstanding to see him back in the majors, but secondly it'd be really good to see him pitch. Uh pitch in Toronto, pitch in Canada. Uh so fingers crossed. Uh well, let's see if uh Speaking of Michael Soroka, let's -hmm. see if our next guest can give us a little bit of insight. I don't expect state secrets from him, but... Well, a few. A few would be okay. Alex Anthopoulos is president of Baseball Ops and general manager of the Atlanta Braves. Alex, thanks so much for joining uh, Kevo and myself today. (laughs) Kevo. Uh, I'll get the business stuff out of the way, and I will ask you. I know that Dave O'Brien, who covers the Braves on The Athletic, put two and two together and suggested that possibly maybe we could see Michael Soroka... Uh, pitching on Sunday. Can you shed any light on that? Is he is he at least an option to make that start?
3: He will be throwing in AAA tonight. So it's the only way you can go and see him. But no, he will not be an option. And That's nothing against Michael. I mean, he's making progress. He's up to 95. But we just want to make sure he keeps getting reps and, he, and he's sharp. So right now, uh, unless something happens between now and when, it, when he's ready to throw first pitch, we expect him to pitch tonight for uh, the Gwinnett team.
1: You've got, uh, and I mean, obviously you know this. I mean, you've got two fifths, I think, of your rotation on the on the IL, um, not due back until I, I do believe after the All Star break or around there. And yet the team keeps winning. You know, Charlie Morton gives you, you know, Charlie Morton performance. What is it about this this team, Alex? Because you know, it, that's there aren't a lot of teams that could afford to lose the starting pitchers. Max Freed, I mean, a Cy Young candidate, there's not a lot of teams that could afford to lose guys like that and not miss a beat.
3: Yeah, it's been, uh, I mean, it's, we're about to find out, really, you know, because we just lost Max. And, you know, like you said, he was second in Cy Young last year. And then Kyle Wright won 21 games for us. And those guys, you know, beyond just the performance, they logged a ton of innings. I mean, they took the ball. They beat 30 starts. They, you know, you, know you, you realize more than ever now just – Guys that can log innings, there's just such value to that in so many ways, uh, saving your bullpen over the course of 162. Now you get to the postseason, all that stuff goes out the window and you're looking for, for performance. But, uh, look, it's going to be a challenge. Uh, I, I'd be lying to you if I told you I was feeling good about it. But, you know, we have these e- each year. I remember uh, when I was in Toronto and Stroman blew out his uh, his knee in um, spring training, you know, and we, um, you know, you just I, I, I basically – took an hour i went for a drive along the water and then i came back and i'm like all right we just got to deal with it and we've had so many challenges over the years i've been here this is year 6 for me here and you just kind of you don't feel sorry for yourself you don't react you're like all right next what how are we going to deal with it and you find a way to get through it but there's no doubt to lose two of those guys you know those those ones are really tough to replace in the innings and but we found a way in the past and hopefully we can keep the train rolling
0: Alex, I heard Chipper Jones talk about Spencer Strider saying that if I had to face guys like that all the time, I'd hit 200. Now I laughed, I chuckled, because he's a Hall of Famer. But tell me why Spencer's so good.
3: Man, he is, uh, you know, I've never signed a a starter, you know, with less than a year of service um, before as a GM. And people asked me at the time, you know, it's really, I'd say that for when we signed Harris and when we signed Acuna, Um, you know, we've signed other players, but, you know, really those guys specifically, I've never seen anything like him before, just total package, you know, the work ethic, the athleticism, the makeup, the aptitude, intelligence. Um, and then, then you're taking pure stuff. Uh, his fastball is not like anything you've ever seen. He's got power and velocity, but it's got, you know, tremendous hop and ride. It's just hard to hit his slider is off the charts. Great. Um, and he's, you know, he's not. He's still getting there with his command, but his command and controls are are good. You know, and they've got a chance to get better, and he's got a change up. He doesn't throw it that much, but um, it's it, it's there, and it's going to be plus in, in time as he feels better throwing it. So, from my standpoint, I've been around a lot of really good young arms, Julio Urias in LA, a bunch of guys in Toronto, um, even guys like Freed and Kyle Wright here, and so on. But I've never seen the the package uh with everything that strider has and never seen anybody just with the just that stuff so i'm i know i just gave him a lot of hype and obviously we gave him 75 million (laughs) dollars so i definitely put my money where my mouth is on this stuff but i think it's exciting i mean i i think he's the type of guy you you pay to go to the ballpark to go and watch pitch Mm -hmm. so i know the jays are probably doing great attendance wise but if you're going to go to a game in this series friday night to see him pitch is really exciting
1: well, it's also going to be exciting because Ronald Acuna is is, uh, mm-hmm. is going to be in town. And Alex, he's not. I mean, I, I know a lot of national, a lot of national writers, uh, a lot of national commentators. They mention him and Ricky Henderson in the same breath. Now, you know, Ricky is obviously Ricky's Ricky, but he he might be the if he can stay healthy, he might be the closest thing we've seen to peak Ricky Henderson.
3: Yeah, I mean, with more power, right? I mean, yeah. obviously, Henderson walked a ton, too. And um, But, I mean, to me, it's more of a Mike Trout type of thing. You know, like Trout had 30 homers, 49 stolen bases. And I think the big thing is you know, his power is tremendous. He gives you a good at bat He'll draw his walks and so on. Um, yeah, I think I think he's still leading the league in stolen bases, or he's right up there. But you know, a year ago, and he was still banged up and getting through stuff. His caught stealing percentage was not good. He just, his, his success rate of stolen bases was not good. I think he was 29 of 40, and that's something that we've talked to him about. And I think he's only been caught twice, mm-hmm. uh, if I have it correct. And he's just been smarter about it. And he's very fast. He's got tremendous tools. Um, he also plays an outstanding right field. He's got a cannon for an arm. It's an accurate arm too. So. I mean, to me, it's. uh, I was around in L.A. when Cody Bellinger came up and took the world by storm, and uh, Corey Seeger when he came up. And for me, you know, Acuna was the best I've ever seen, best young player I'd, I'd ever seen. So, same thing. We gave him a $100 million contract, but he hadn't had a year in the game yet. So, um, and he's playing at a really high level, and he's playing really, really well. But it's total package right now. I'm surprised he hasn't won a go up. I think this is certainly going to be the year that we're going to see that. Um, but do you think about, you know, you know, Jeff, obviously you watched him a lot and I did too. Guys, you know, the arm strength of Vlad Guerrero, but he's got accuracy on top of that. And then mm-hmm. on base skills and stolen bases and power. Uh, the home run he hit last night was ridiculous, 470 feet. Uh, he's exciting. So, yeah, I would say it's, it's a good time to come watch some pretty exciting young players.
0: Alex, I want to put you on the spot just a little bit. Tell, tell me in your mind who you think for your team's gotten off to the better start, Matt Olson or Sean Murphy?
3: Sean, Sean Murphy, and that's not to take anything away from Matt Olson, but I think, you know, if you're into war and things like that, I think actually Murphy's ahead of Acuna. So, uh, look, we like Sean Murphy a lot. We gave up a lot of players. We gave him a big contract, $73 bucks, and and we we're excited to get him. And He's been even, even more than we expected. You know, people have asked me, what are you surprised by? What did you, you find out about him that you didn't know this and that? I'd say his on-base skills are a little better than I expected. Um, great defender, great thrower. It reminds me a lot of, you know, when we were in Toronto and we had, you know, no disrespect to J.P.R. and CBN and, and Navarro, but when we signed Martin and you saw him just basically guys could not run on him at all. And just you know, the fact that he could get out just with his arm when guys did run on him and it was amazing to watch. and Seeing a guy like Sean back there, uh, one, the blocking's outstanding, the receiving's outstanding. Guys love throwing to him, which is so important. Uh, the, the, obviously his throwing has been great, but from an offensive standpoint, he's been incredible. He's got a thousand OPS and it's not one of those OPSs where you're like, ah, it's a little bit of luck and yeah. balls are falling in and so on. He's hitting everything hard. He doesn't get cheated at the plate again. Matt's been great too. He's got a nine, 900 OPS, gold glove defense <laughs> and so on. But Sean Murphy, you would say right now is right there with it. The, I mean, I would say not knowing the other guys, Acuna and Sean Murphy are right there for MVP through the first, you know, six weeks of the year. Wow!
1: You know, one of the things Joe Torre used to say when he was talking about the the Yankees teams is, it, every turnover is not a bad thing. Now, sometimes it's forced on you guys leave as a free agent. Sometimes you force it or you create it by making a trade. And and now that you've been in Atlanta for six years, uh, you know, you've had a World Series, you've had a postseason run, all that stuff. It, is, is that something you buy into as well, Alex, that it is good to have a little bit of turnover every year to freshen things up, to bring new eyes in, uh, you know, maybe to give guys who've had a chance who haven't had a chance of winning before to win.
3: You know, I don't know that I'd go so far that say it's a good thing. It's definitely in my mind and it's definitely something that, and you know, the reason it's in my mind is, and I've, I've said this many times, I I never got to work with them and I didn't grow up following them, but you know, Pat Gillick's probably the guy I admire the most in in the game. And uh, even though as a Montreal Expos fan, I wasn't, a, you know, I wasn't following his career and so on. I just, I think once I got that job in Toronto and started to appreciate what he had accomplished and just his background in scouting, you know, I just, anything, anytime I had a chance to talk to him or spend time with him or read about him, I'd be pretty excited to do it. He used to talk about it a lot. He felt like, I remember reading some things where he talked about turning over 20% of the team, right? So you're looking at about five guys a year. And, um, I think there's something to that. I think I think it can get stale. I think just maybe you don't want to do it for the sake of doing it. You right. think of these Braves teams that won 14 divisions in a row and a lot of the group was st- stayed together. Or like you talked about that that New York team, a lot of that core was still there. So I think there's something to it. Um, I do think you do sometimes need to maybe ch- change it up. Look, a lot of times you have to do it just from a payroll standpoint. The roster starts getting more expensive. We're definitely in that boat where. All our young players, where they made the minimum five years ago at this time, they're all starting to make a lot more money, which is what you want because they're well, and they're guys that have become core core guys for you. But I do think it's pretty important to keep things fresh and uh, to make sure you get the right mix. And, look, even from a quality of life standpoint, I like being around a good group of guys and a good team, and I think fans can connect with that as well.
0: Without giving away state secrets, is there a time in a season, at least early, where you start evaluating players? In what sense? You mean like trade or? Well, no, like say say a player on the bubble, 100 at-bats, how many starts. Like, is there a time where you start going, we've given this guy enough at-bats, we've given him enough starts. Is there a number or do you just sort of play it out? Now, 25 and 12 would help, obviously, to give a little bit longer leash. But is there a time in the season, at least early, where you start going, you know, that breaking ball is really giving him trouble. Maybe we need to adjust.
3: Yeah, look, I'd say this. I mean, I'd be lying if I told you how we always make sure we give it a m- I mean, you're really evaluating daily. And, look, we ride the roller coaster. We're not doing media interviews and telling everybody how we feel. But sure. you're in the manager's office after games or the next day, and we're all reacting to games and so on. And that's why you have a group, and sometimes you bounce out, and, you, you know, you might think certain things. You can get very emotional at times early. Um, but I'd say, really, sometimes it's a continuation of spring training. Let's say someone just makes the team in spring training, but you had concerns, and you weren't sure if they were going to make it, and you say, you know what, let's give this guy the benefit of the doubt, and the concerns you had in spring bleed over into the season, you might make a move quick. You know, we've done that in the past, guys out of options, let's carry them. Um, you know, a guy that you need who's more important, you're probably going to give that guy more leash. A um, guy that's done it in the past, you certainly – but I really think it comes down to – are you seeing certain things where let's say a guy's stuff is really down mm-hmm. and you're like, look, we're going to lose games. It's going to be impacted. You might just make a move early. Um, or if you feel like, Hey, you know, the, the swing is there, the ability is there, the decision-making is there, or contact, let's stick with them and so on. So it's an evolving thing. Look, ideally you give guys time, especially in the bull, bullpen, uh, cause it's easy to react. Uh, but you are trying to put it all together. How do they look? How are they swinging? How's their stuff look? Um, But I think you have to be careful not to wait too long because each game counts. I mean, we won the division last year by a game. Mm -hmm. You think about every little decision that we made over the course of the year, like one little change could have maybe derailed us, and then you lose the division. So I think you try to be as patient as you can, but you still have to make a move if you feel like it's going to impact the
0: That's a great answer.
1: Alex, how special was it for you to see Kenley Jansen get his 400th career save, a guy you you know from L.A., a guy who... You know, he's had a pretty, at one point, a pretty serious heart concern and, and pretty serious health concern, and yet here he is.
3: Look, I'm happy for him, and I got to know him in L.A. He led the NL in safes rest last year. He did a great job. I, I'm exceptionally impressed with his velocity right now. Like you said, 98, 99 at the end. I mean, the fact that after so many innings and so many years, um, and like you said, the stuff with the heart, I mean, it's he's had it from time to time, but it's seems like it's every four or five years, and it's a two-week IL stint. Um, But if you look at his career, what's incredible is, you know, I don't want to, you know, jinx him or anything. He's never had any health issues ever, really, from an arm standpoint. You think of all the innings and you think about how hard it is. I thought about it actually this morning just when there's a lot of talk in the media about him getting 400 saves, how hard it is to just year in and year, and I see it sometimes with our relievers or guys that go up and down in performance, and you think of how hard that role is because, you're expected to be perfect and be successful every single time. You know the game's on the line and so on. It's such a tough job. We take it for granted. And you know the guys that can do it as long as he has and maintain that role, maintain his stuff, and he throws strikes. He's durable. Um, it's so rare. And I think you know I, I don't know that he still gets the the accolades that he deserves. But for me, he's definitely going to end up in the Hall of Fame. The fact he's getting better is incredible to see.
1: Alex thanks very much for your time thanks Great for your stuff. patience with the phone again uh keep it going and uh, are you going to be in Toronto this weekend
3: No you know what normally in the past I've come because we'd be playing middle of the week so it's easier to kind of sneak, sneak away but when it's on when it's over over the weekend it's more challenging because our kids our kids are 10 and 12 and they right. have a ton of activities and to not be there for those would be tough so I'll watch from home and mm-hmm. uh I'll end up back in Toronto at some point during the summer after the All Star break.
1: Awesome. Great. thanks, Alex. Be well. Thank you. Okay, guys, see you. Hey, Alex Anthopoulos, president of baseball operations and general manager with the Atlanta Braves. Yeah, the Kenley Jansen thing—it is—it's is, is, tremendous, is cool. It, it is. But think about that, and and Alex yeah. is right that that the 400 career saves, the pressure situations you're hey, under to—you know, the first that.
0: person I thought of—big markets, Jordan to- Romano. Yeah. How the expectations every single time out about the slider and we'll, we'll, the way we talk about him and why are you throwing it so much and, look, and the expectations and look on where he that was dude, saving games it's too. It's crazy. He was like saving in, games for the Dodgers, I absolutely. You know, so wow. it's not that that you know that ninth inning's not for everybody. Yeah. I think is what Alex is trying to say. Yeah, ninety eight. That's the extra gear. That's you know veteran guy. What are you looking for? It, you know, it's sort of like Kevin Gossman. You know, what the, occasionally you need to see it. I was very intrigued by what he said. Don't wait too long to make moves early in the season. You got to, every game matters. We said this, the American League East, it could be the little thing that could keep you from making the playoffs.
1: Let's also keep in mind, though, that Ross Atkins has not been afraid to move early. I mean, you look at the the trades they made in the bullpen when they got Trevor Richards and Adam Simber. One of those deals was made fairly early in the year, I think,
0: if I'm not mistaken. I'm not sure the American League East has ever been this Um, good while Ross has been here
1: no at top the to bottom no no, no top the to bottom so you it there's always may have, to, always you may have been, to hurry
0: i mean <laughs> yeah yeah but again i don't know what you could do but it's it's i don't know i don't and i don't even think you could send messages to your team oh no, that's but it, but it is like it is you know we're here to win like if you're not performing listen, it, the the revolving door i think may start quicker than normal i mean i don't know it it's
1: What's down on the farm that that will help you? Um, You know, I know I I read an interview with Alex actually prepping for this interview. And one of the things he said is they're still kind of at the stage where you like to think that your answers are internal.
0: Uh, You know, I don't know. I mean, they're 25 and 12 too. remember that. It's easier for them to let it go a little longer. Well, yeah.
1: Yeah. And and it's also, um, yeah, it. It is, and they've also and they, the they, they, they've they've also great. been helped, frankly, by the fact that the Mets have imploded and have had had health issues, and the Phillies have been kind of up and down. Mm-hmm. The Marlins are in second place. The Marlins do not lose one run games, and they got a dude who's almost hitting four hundred. But mm-hmm. I, I don't I don't know the the thing with the Jays is I don't think anything is easily correctable, and, and what I mean by that is I have no idea what's going on with Alec Noe. You're not going to bring in another starting no, pitcher to knock Alec Manoa is. out of the rotation. Your you're just anyway. not. You're not. You're, you're kind of married to Kirk and Jansen you as your catchers. Are. You yep. gave up Moreno. You're kind of married to Kirk Springer, and Jansen you as your catchers. Have. He's got to pick it up, right? Springer is around for the Robert rest of Long. probably the rest of certainly the rest of this front office's lifetime, I would mm-hmm. think. George mm-hmm. Springer's around. Owes your shortstop. You ain't changing that. You know, realistically, if you look at this team, where could you? Make a change, eighth inning guy. Eighth inning guy in second base. Yep. Other than that, you're you're not doing any better than the third baseman you have. Again, you're not you're not going to be able to add a starting pitcher. So it seems to me the two areas are second base, and the bullpen. And you know, I don't. I'm not going to make excuses for Santiago Espinal, but you made a point earlier in the year, like. Santiago Espinal needs to see an extended run. You need to see him play ten games in a row at second base. I think. But guess gonna what? Happen. It's not going to happen. Whit, Whit doing Merrifield. And, well. <laughs> yeah, not, yeah, good but for him. him.
0: Good for Whit. Oh hell yeah! Absolutely. No, I,
1: but what I'm saying is, I do kind of feel sorry for Santiago Espinal. Too. He's a good kid, and and because of the situation he's been in, it's no not his fault. That's not John Schneider's fault. You know whose fault it is? It's Whit Merrifield's fault because he's taken the ball and run with it. Fault's a strong
0: word, but well, yeah, But I, you know I'm what I mean. You. I'm with yeah. you. I'm with you. So
1: I, again, I I look at this and the team's been healthy. Uh, They're not, you know, they're not scrimping at the corners to save money. They're not, uh, you know, filling in with a bunch of 4A guys making the minimum at different spots. I mean, kind is what it is. Yeah. Kind is what it is. And, um, you know, it's... uh, there just there there are some concerns in that. I would like to. You look at the reasons this team has gotten off to the start; it's gotten off to, and it's hard to find excuses for them. Like I can look at the Yankees and go, "Okay, I you got some excuses there. Sure. No Stanton, your mm-hmm. pitchers are hurt. Yeah, Red Camp? Sox. Red Sox. Mm-hmm. Who the hell's pitching for you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you've got excuses. Oh, and by the way, you you lost Sander Bogarts, yeah. in the off season, mm-hmm. so. Yeah, it's just, look, it's it's May 10th, it's May 11th, and nobody's out, eliminated or anything like that. But I I, I would suggest that this team has had a fairly easy schedule. And, and I don't know the home games or, or the road games to start the year are a thing, but it shouldn't be that much of a thing. They've had a fairly easy schedule. They're healthy, and they're not cutting corners in any area. So
0: It's right in front of you, that's what you're saying. The back leg line
1: is open, 416-413-3959. We will get to the back leg line. We will have Blue Jays trivia, your chance to win Blue Jays tickets, and at 11.30, Brandon Barriera, the Jays' first-round pick in the 2022 draft, 23rd overall. He's made two professional appearances for the Dunedin Blue Jays. It's an interesting story. This is the kid. We talked to Kylie McDaniel about this. This is the kid who elected not to pitch uh, the final games of his high school career. Uh, including the playoffs to, uh, well, frankly, because he looked around and said a lot of guys are undergoing Tommy John surgery. This is my draft year. I'm probably going to get more money if I stay healthy. So what you see is what you get. If I haven't impressed you so far, it's an interesting story. He'll join us at 1130. Lots ahead. It's Blair and Barker on Sportsnet 590. The fans Sportsnet 360. And wherever you get your favorite podcast breaking down the biggest stories in Toronto Sports. The fan morning show with Alish Forfar and Justin Cuthbert. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. There you go. A little bit of news from Alex Anthopoulos. Mike Soroka will not be starting during the uh, Blue Jays series. He will be starting in AAA tonight.
0: Said he liked his velo though.
1: They did like his velo, in 95. And, um, yeah, he's – it would have been nice to see him back. I think so, too. Brandon Barriero will join us at 1130. He's the Jays' first pick in the 2022 draft. Got an interesting story. He's made two professional starts. And uh, we will chat uh, with Brandon later on. But as I promised, we have tickets to give away. Part of our Blue Jays trivia contest. We'll do that in a few minutes. We've also got the back leg line. which has been open. 416-413-3959. Questions, comments, criticisms, witticisms, trivia questions... For Kevin Barker. It. Uh you'll call up that line and uh, you will hear Mr. Barker's lovely voice mm. and you will leave a voice note. And if we like it.
0: Not we. Well if Mark, Mark likes if it. If
1: Mark Boffo, our producer, likes it, <laughs> we play it. <laughs> there you go. Uh again, please uh please leave your name please. and location.
0: So we can say hi. So we can say hi, exactly. Absolutely. I'd like to know where you're calling from. Sure. I don't yeah. Know. Don't be scared. We
1: suspiciously had a guy from my hometown last week with the same first name as
0: me. It is an odd name, Jeff.
1: Just a little suspicious
0: about Not many of you.
1: Let's go back to Manitoba. Woody in Manitoba had a question for Mr. Barker. Woody.
2: With Bo's throwing the ball the way he does, is there not something taught there or something that can be uh, used where... Wherever you point your fingers, where the ball's going to go, it's kind of like in hockey when you take a slap shot or a shot, you point your stick where you want the end of the, the shot to end up, like the puck to go in the net. So if he shoots or throws that ball and he puts a finger pointing to first base when he's done throwing it or letting it go, does that not work in the, the same fashion? Thanks, guys. Let it rip. <laughs>
3: There you go.
0: That's good, Manitoba. <laughs>
2: that's the pedal tremendous. to metal. letter.: that's, that's tremendous. Get the
1: binders. I, I, I there's all sorts of
0: Manitoba. Can you stuff. speak to the to the hockey thing he just mentioned? Because no, I cannot. I can't either. I I I, I no. This is what I. This I is checked what, out on
1: hockey when I stopped doing this, the drive show from five to seven.
0: The, this is what I do think. I I do think, arm angle, is everything. Grip, you've said grip, grip is obviously, for me, the most important thing. Seems like they've corrected that by he's getting the grip all the time now, at least from what I've seen, 99% of the time, out of the glove, which is a big deal. Instead of on the run, gripping it when it's up around where he wants to release the baseball. I, I just think you can never go wrong if you throw the ball above your head. Like somewhere, doesn't even have to be straight over the top, like Iron Mike. You know, they call it Iron Mike. When you go to a batting cage and that little arm goes around, they call it Iron Mike. Doesn't have to be that high above. Just anywhere above your head to release the baseball allows you to have better follow-through with your throw. And also, it allows you to stay on top of the baseball, and the baseball is straighter. It doesn't have no hook to it. You if I about. flip it to the side, what's the first thing that ball does? It comes off the fingers sideways. Yeah. What's it do? It tends to spin away from where you want it to go. That's the only thing. That's the only correction. And I'm sure the next time, this is what I'm thinking, knowing Louie the way I know, the third base coach who handles the infielders and all the ground balls and the throws and the conversations back and forth, is just stay on top of the baseball and let it eat. Guarantee. Don't that, be afraid to you know throw it over there.
1: Guarantee that Bull will be out in the field tomorrow at 2.21 p.m. Working on
0: it. Yeah, I think he's worked on that. I know, but I think that, he's, but he's, I think gonna he's be. worked I mean, on that. A safe bet. He's gonna it's use... just a careless throw, right? That that's, that's, and it just, it happened at a really bad time. Especially when your pitcher, who let's quite frankly say it like it is. Pitchers are not always the greatest of defenders who did a tremendous job of catching it. Worked up the mountain. So it's level. So now I can be on the same plane as where I want to throw the baseball through a BB strike to Bo, and then it just went because of the arm angle. So hopefully we never see it again. First
1: error since April. I,
0: that's, I I'm just saying because everybody, I
1: know. I, people seem to think I, that he's made like a thousand errors this year.
0: It's not that you know. It's not that. Yeah, it is. It is not. It is. It is. Not. It is. It is. It is. <laughs> It's part of it. No, it happened in the tenth inning. It was it's a part walk-off. Of that's why. Part that's of it, why people are having of the it, conversation. It's part of it. You're expected to stay on top of the baseball and throw it to the first baseman. That's what you're it. expected to do. You are not in no hurry. It's not like you were in a hurry to get it over there. You had plenty of time because your pitcher did everything right. It's part of it. So hopefully we don't see it again because he is a tremendous player and and you know quite frankly we all want to root for him. I know I do because of the way he hits. It's just that's it he's a terrific player
1: i mean he he's not he's not tr- you're a blue jays fan he's not he's not one of your pressing issues he's just not trust me he's not close your eyes no name in toronto
0: let your question good question woody
2: hey guys great show i have a listener just wanted to talk to you guys about the blue jays do you think now uh, looking back at the trade for moreno you think we made, we made a mistake and that maybe we should have kept Moreno and traded Kirk? Because from the basketball skills, I think after a year or two, Moreno probably would have came out ahead overall. And looking at how Kirk's batting this season and how it is,
1: maybe Moreno would have been the better option to keep, especially for the long term. So your thoughts on that trade and looking back at it now, what do you guys think? Can I
0: raise my hand and ask a question? Yes. Did, you, did we ever think that other teams didn't want Kirk? I was about to did say, we, they, did we ever think that there that, seems that, to, that, we're the, the, that the organization for the Blue Jays and us as the media were the only people that talked very, very highly of Kirky last year? Obviously, he had a really good offensive year, yeah. but maybe other teams didn't feel the way that we, what we were seeing and thinking about Kirky. Alejandro did you ever Kirk, think that?
1: Alejandro Kirk doesn't help the Arizona Diamondbacks. Absolutely not. I mean, doesn't. And he's, frankly, he's not as good a defensive catcher so as Gabriel only Moreno. The way
0: you were getting var shows to give up what you gave up.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I've heard people say that. Again, I keep telling people, the value of your player is what the other team thinks Boom. it is. It's not what I think it is or Barker thinks it is or Dan Shulman thinks it is or, heck, it's not even what Ross Atkins thinks it is. I'm just pulling those names there. No, just, good no name. disrespect to good Shulman. Names. But, I mean, it's 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 not. If I'm a GM, if you're Ross Atkins, you can call me and tell me Alejandro Kirk is the best catcher on the planet. If I don't believe it, I'm not going to trade for him. So this idea that, well, they should have traded Kirk. Yeah, you know what? I would have traded yeah. Kirk before him. Absolutely. But it's possible no one they wanted couldn't. him. Yep. I, I mean, really. Unless you package a, it with this guy, this guy, and this take guy. Take a look at what you're seeing from Alejandro Kirk right now. Take a look at what you're seeing from Gabriel Moreno. Tell me you would have made that. You you would have rather have Alejandro Kirk than Gabriel Moreno. Tell me that. You can't tell me that. You
0: can't tell me that. But you, do, you can't I do remember. Do remember that guy that's that uh started the season as your number one starter. Loves throwing to Kirk. Yeah. That that is a thing. You know it, and I know it. Yeah, but so at the I'm same sure time, if there was a deal that
1: went there, into it. It, you know what? No, if there was a deal there for Alejandro Kirk, you you would make it. Even if Alec, you know, Alec Manoa is going to have to suck maybe, it up. Maybe he's going to have to suck it up. Maybe just as Marcus Stroman had to suck it up when deals were made. And it, who was the uh, I don't think Ryan Gones was, was was traded, and he didn't Marcus Stroman didn't like the fact that the you know that the team didn't talk to him about it. I mean, you you make a deal, you live with it. It's a business.
0: But, it is a good um, question, and, but, I, but I do think we got to remember, I'm sure not every team thinks as highly of Kirk as yeah, a lot I, of other people do. Yeah, with let's, good let's reason. Let's be honest about it. With
1: good reason. And um, I will put say you that. you down
0: for undecided. I
1: will say that, um, <laughs> you know, the other thing with Gabriel Moreno is ask yourself this. If the Jays have all three catchers around, is Gabriel Moreno on the roster, no. Major League roster? No, he's not. So he's not contributing this year. If Alejandro Kirk... As long as Alejandro Kirk and Danny Jansen are here, they're going to be on the Major League roster. So, uh, Gabriel Moreno, I mean, you can argue about the return form, but he wasn't going to help you this year. You not, at you the, not, at, not at the gate. Now, right now, if he was still in the organization, I might be having thoughts about that, but... Um, and and you also have to look at, at some of the other names. We know that the Jays talked to the St. Louis Cardinals about Gabriel Moreno, and the focal point for the Cardinals, I believe, was Brad Halsley, the reliever, and the Jays didn't want to do it. Sure. So, I mean, there you go. It's, keep that in mind all the time when you Moreno talk about it.
0: might be playing second for the Jays. Yeah.
1: <laughs> keep that in mind every time you, you talk about a trade, that it doesn't matter yeah. what MLB.com's best available player list, the Athletics' best available player list, uh, Sportsnet, I mean, it doesn't matter. Sportsnet.ca's best available player, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. It's what the other team thinks. Same thing with prospects. I don't care who your number one and two and three prospects are. I may like your number five prospect better because my analytics dudes and my scouts say he's better than your number two prospect. So if we're going to talk trade, maybe I want Mm -hmm. the second best Second highest rated pitcher in your organization compared to the top
2: there you go. rated pitcher in the organization. Nailed that, Jeff. Jim
1: and Hamilton. Jim.
2: Jim. Good morning, gentlemen. Jim from Hamilton. Did the Jays lose yesterday to Philly because of Bo's error, or was it more the fact that Romano couldn't put them away in the ninth? Mm. Have a good day.
1: Hmm. Okay, here's. I'll put it this way. They didn't win the game because of Romano, but Bo cost them the game. (laughs) Romano shuts the door. Boom. You walk off. You've won. He didn't. You're forced to go to extra innings. Bo cost them the game in extra innings. I think it's possible for the two... I'd, to be the same.
0: I, I do believe Castellanos is a good hitter. Schwarber's a good hitter. Riamuto's a good hitter. You have to be very unpredictable with those three guys. You really do. He threw 16 pitches to those three guys combined, all three of them. 14 sliders. If I, if I am, Riamuto's the one that got the hit, right? Yeah, we were. I, yes. Okay, he saw, I'm standing on, the, if I'm Riamuto and I'm standing on the on-deck circle and I'm watching a lefty hitter. Lefty hitter, which sort of the slider's a no-no to a lefty. Right Now, I think it seems like Jordan occasionally tries to get a little 12-6 hook to the lefty, right? Because of the bat path. You don't mm-hmm. want that slider coming. You got to make sure you get it in there, right? If I'm Riamuto and I'm standing over there, and I just saw Castellanos see nine pitches, seven sliders. If I just standing on the on-deck circle, see Kyle Schwarber see five pitches, five sliders, and I'm standing on the on-deck circle and I'm going, ooh. And I'm just going through my swing, my little get my foot down, have the nice little separation, and I've eliminated 97. Educated guess. Not the smartest guy in the world. Don't have to be. But I stand over there and see my two buddies see 14 pitches and 12 of those are sliders. I've eliminated 97. Eliminated it. Rio Muto's a pretty good hitter, Jeff. Mm-hmm. Notice noticed that? Pretty good hitter. Now, all of a sudden, I'm looking for one pitch. The, he sees two pitches. Guess what? Both of them were. The second one he hits for the single or whatever it was to drive in the run. Uh, that's the thing, right? The stuff's good with Jordan. It's just the, you got to ask yourself again. I said this, and I'll continue to say it, the bullpen's good enough. Like they'll piece it together. They'll figure out. It's the playoffs when you're facing a lineup like this, where you right. got to be unpredictable. What was, where you can't have the dude on the on deck circle knows exactly what's coming. What was Alex?
1: What was Alex's line? And line, we talked about him. He was talking about how important it is to have innings from your starting pitchers. But then he said, once it gets to the playoffs, it's all about performance. No it's question. all about
0: winning. Absolutely.
1: Um, yeah. Uh, and, and I will further to that point. It took it took Jordan Romano 17 pitches to get his first out.
0: Yeah. See, I don't think that's so much it for me. as yeah, that's a, not it good, is, Kevin? The, that 17 it is, pitches. That yeah. And in, in, in the playoffs yeah, doesn't help. But. In the playoffs, if you've got
1: a closer throwing 17 pitches, that ain't good. Before he gets a first down, no, that I'm means not, stuff's happening.
0: By happened. no means am I saying that Jordan's not good, because he is. No, we're not just saying a, that. Just, just occasionally. I mean, he throws, I wrote it down, 64% slider, 35% fastball. If I, all I do is I walk by the hitting coach, and he tells me those numbers. I sad. take two steps. I don't, I don't look for 97. 97 is hard to hit. Yeah. Elevated, he's cross-firing it. Like, he is throwing it basically behind the righty, and it's 97 above the belt. You're doing me a favor by throwing that slider over and over. Because the sooner or later, the more you throw it, you got a better chance of hanging one of them to me. And I'm going to hit it hard somewhere. So, yeah. Andrew in Oshawa. Good question, Jim. That was a good question, it Jim. Was. Got us Jim calling. Jim got me fired up. What do you think about Don Mattingly? Great he hitter.
2: brought here to help the coaching staff, help develop players.
0: So far, I would say I can't see a real impact with him being on the bench beside Snyder. Oh. What's your opinion on Don Mattingly? Uh, yeah, I love Don Mattingly. Here's here's got uh, Andrew. I got uh, let uh, me j-
1: let me just. Cause I just want to jump in here and say one thing. First of all, it, because the underlying thought behind this question is that there has to be some noticeable difference doesn't work for a guy out, to make. No, for a guy to make to make a difference. This isn't football. He's not. You haven't hired a a new offensive coordinator to work with the head coach, right? That that's, it's not how it manifests itself. Same hitting coaches as you had last year. Yes. You got Don Mattingly's voice, but yeah, I mean, what did you expect? Is Don Mattingly suddenly, suddenly, is Don Mattingly going to make Alec Manoa throw, find a slider? I I don't know. Is he going to, you know, we just, we have to, I think when people talk about a, Don Mattingly's influence in the team. They're talking about his communication skills with younger players. He's they're, they're talking about the work he puts in at first base. I mean, Kevin, I'll I'll let you jump in yeah, here, yeah. but because the underlying right. theme is but, like what you know, what all of a sudden they're, what are they going to go with a five a a, a, a four you know a, a three five defense or whatever because they've got Don Mattingly. No, no, you're not going to notice that much of a difference.
0: Go yeah, I, well, I, I think most of the lineup that's with the Blue Jays now is established. I mean, it's very – again, it, you, the, most of these guys in this order here are not guys that you're trying to reinvent the wheel with. Like, it's not – I mean, Dalton Varsho has had the leg kick before. It's not like mm-hmm. he's never done it, right? It's you walk up, try that. You're trying the stride separation thing. That doesn't – that looks weird. How are you doing that? Get off your backside one time. Stop leading with the front hip. I mean, it's <laughs> – the big leagues is not the minor leagues like it, it, it. They're there to soft toss and be a sounding board. And I do think, yeah, that's I do what, think that's what they're there for. Like to walk you off the cliff. Yeah. It's not, it's not to reinvent the wheel here. So I, it's, I just don't know a lot of the times what the, the expectations are with all of these coaches, right? I, I, unless your players are being your best players, I, I've said this and I'll continue to say this to you, like to, Win baseball games. You have to have good players doing good player things. If they're not, they're going to make you look like you're a bad coach or a bad manager because of that reason. I think
1: like, Don Mattingly's there to be a sounding board. He is, absolutely.
0: For, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., <clears throat> Dalton Varshow, because Dalton's left-handed. I had someone also point like, something
1: else out that I thought was kind of interesting about Don Mattingly. I'd love to give the person credit, but probably shouldn't. He said, uh, what do you think Don Mattingly's ultimate career aspiration would be? I said, I don't know. I've never talked to him. Guy said, I bet he wants to manage the Yankees. Makes sense. He's a great Yankee. Sure. And he said, what better way to train or what better way to prepare for managing the Yankees than seeing the AL East from inside the Toronto Blue Jays? Just saying. Now- it might be a little bit of a conspiracy. I don't think it's a conspiracy theory thing. I think okay. there's a reason that there's a reason Don Mattingly's here. And there's a reason that Jay's got him here, but it was, it was an interesting conversation, but again, he's here to, he's here to, he's here to help John Schneider. I think mostly during games, Don, hey, I'm, I'm hey, thinking of doing this.
0: Yeah. Yeah. When do I take that starter out again? Yeah. How's he feel? How's he look to you? You've seen a bunch of that's. that's Does he, he look see. good. How's the slider look? Fastball command. Good. What do you think? Cause that let's be honest. Good teams should have enough no-brainers. The Blue Jays don't, but they do have three guys that they're going to rely on all the time, plus Tim Meza. And as so you've got it, guys you can go to. It's when you take the starter out. That's what Donnie Baseball's here for, at and least as, for me anyway.
1: As far as influence goes, something you've pointed out. When you are a player, you don't want to talk to your manager. It's generally not a good thing when the manager no. is talking to you, unless he's asking you how's the family going, no. et cetera, et cetera. You talk to your coaches, it's, and and – The guy, if you think back to all you read and heard about spring training, the guy whose name kept coming up was Victor Martinez. Victor Martinez, because he was there to be a hitting consultant. Matt Chapman was with him. Bo Bichette was with him. Mm -hmm. Santiago Mm Espinal was joined at the hips with him. So we need to be, uh, you can't view baseball and baseball coaching the way you view other sports. My friend, Mr. Barker, you could put Barker, I could have given you, I could have put you on a team with seven Hall of Fame hitting coaches. You did. Well, I, you I was had on, you on had least, one. Yeah, but you know what? With all due respect to you, <laughs> yeah. that wasn't, if you couldn't hit the curve, you couldn't hit the curve.
0: No. I mean, you couldn't. I, and what he was selling, I wouldn't buy it. Exactly. Let's be honest about it. that That's the one thing, right? It's very individual. Even though his name is Donnie Baseball, he still has to be selling it the right way. And it's how you handle the 0 for 15s. I think he said that when he came over to the Blue Jays, yeah. is that's why I want to be here, a sounding board for when these guys, because I've struggled a ton. I know what it takes to go through it, get out of it quicker, so we can win more games because of it. I think that for me is... You know, and you can say it's been working. I mean, a couple of guys are struggling, but those couple of guys, do you expect them to be struggling? Maybe not Springer. But if I told you Kirkie was going to get off to a slow start, would you believe me? Danny Jansen, get off to a slow start, would you believe me? You I would. Had,
1: when, I, when I covered the Expos, I had one Expo player tell me, Tommy Harper was their hitting coach, much beloved. And he said to me, and this was like two months into the season, he said, you know how I know I'm having a good season? And I said, no, how? He said, Tommy's hardly spoken to me this year. There you year. go. I uh, love the man, but he's hardly spoken to me. David and Bolton, last question.
0: David. Just looking at the past 10 games, we are 3-7, and seven, and those three were, were
1: against the struggling Pirates. So as you look at the upcoming schedule of about 30 games against really tough teams, would you be surprised if the Jays are
2: playing 500 baseball and last in the division? Just curious. Thank you, guys. Bye.
1: I wouldn't be surprised if the Jays are four or five games over 500 and last in the division.
0: Yeah. I think the East is that good.
1: I think the East is that good. No question. I think the East is that good.
0: But, I mean, on, the, I but I on the flip side of it, would you be shocked if the Jays were 500 after this little stretch? Say, say, say if I told you... Okay, well will let's break this down. We got we got a now couple. They're nine to three at home. Too. We got a couple we got a couple of yeah. minutes there. Okay. They got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. They got ten games at home. That's three Atlanta, four Yankees, three against the Orioles. I'd be they you'd be shocked they go four and six in this? Not shocked. No. If they go five hundred, you happy? Yep. This is what I'm saying: is you got to ask yourself what you're seeing so far, just as a whole with their team. You got to. We've talked about this, like the Astros' separator was. Now they weren't in the East last year. The 15 and two run. And I'll ask you again: from what you've seen, the first however many games they played, the Blue Jays right now, would you be shocked if they went on a 15 and two run?
1: I'd be. I. Yes.
0: There's that's that's that's, that's the thing. is, right. It's is we're looking. We I think. Are happy and looking at this team like they. We think this is a great team. Could be a great team. This is going to. The I'm afraid. Run might be tough though.
1: This could very well come down to the general managers. This division.
0: Yeah. Everybody it's like Alex can't e- wait too long.
1: Everybody is going to have to make a move, or moves, or moves.
0: Whether you want to or not. Yep. I'm with you. Makes a lot of sense. Uh, We've been giving you a chance to win Blue Jays tickets all season long here in Blair and Barker,
1: whether you listen on the radio or on our podcast. All you have to do is text the correct answer to our daily baseball trivia question, and the number is 59590. Yesterday's question and answer was, the Toronto Blue Jays hired former Astros GM James Click as vice president baseball strategy after he won the World Series in 2022. Who was the GM in Houston before Click? And who took over as GM there after Click's departure? The answer was Jeff Luno was there before Click. Click and Dana Brown uh, is the new general manager of the Houston Astros, formerly a member of Alex Anthopoulos' front office. Today's question is to win tickets to see the Jays and Astros down at the Rogers Center on June 8th. Huh. All right. This pitcher won the Cy Young Award in his first season with Houston, and it has a son who currently plays for a oh. team in the NL East. Again, this pitcher won the Cy Young Award in his first season with Houston and has a son who currently plays for a team in the NL East. That's text good. the answer to 590-590 for your shot to win. See rules at sportsnet.ca slash 590. It's a good question. That's yeah, an Let's all right make question. Make you think a little. It's, all, it's an all right question. The uh, Jeff Luna and Dana Brown question. I mean, that was Googling yeah. to find an answer. Yeah, yeah. But uh, there you go. This pitcher won the Cy Young Award in his first season with Houston. He's a son who currently plays for a team in the NL East. You could win tickets to see the Jays and Astros at the Rogers Center in June 8th. Text the answer to 59590 for your shot to to win. See rules at sportsnet.ca slash 590. Brandon Barriera was the Jays' first pick in the 2022 draft, 23rd overall. There's an interesting backstory there. He's made two pro starts. The most recent last night, he'll join us next. It's Blair and Barker on Sportsnet 590, the fan, Sportsnet 360, and wherever you get your favorite podcast. Everything you need to know about all things Raptors. The Raptor Show with Will Lou. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Blue Jays have today off. They will return to action tomorrow with the first of three games against the Atlanta Braves at the Rogers Center.
0: I'd be hiding my phone today if I was on the team. Off days? Bad stuff happens on off days. Well, when you're like 25th, 26th guys on your the, team. You know that. Bad things happen. You know that. And you're going to send me down, you're going to hunt for me, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck finding me. You're going to have to
1: find me. Anyhow, <laughs> yeah. uh, Friday, series starts. Spencer Strider takes on Chris Bassett. Alex Anthopoulos just telling us a little earlier that Mike Soroka will not be pitching for the Braves on Sunday, as had been rumored. The Braves are kind of in a world of hurt right, right now with their starting pitching, although you wouldn't know it by looking at their record. Um, <laughs> last night in uh, Brandon's second start, three innings pitched, four earned runs, three hits, four strikeouts, three walks. His first start, and that was against Clearwater against the Phillies. His first start was four innings, no earned runs, no hits, one walk, six strikeouts. Brandon, thanks so much for uh, your patience. <laughs> thanks for rejoining us. Get used to it because you're going to be uh, yeah. doing a ton of interviews in your career. None and question. sometimes... Sometimes this stuff happens. So uh, you were you were, you were, you were answering a question about sort of whether or not there was a difference being Brandon Barriera a professional pitcher compared to Brandon Barriera guy trying to get drafted.
2: No, I mean I go out there every day and play play the game like it's my last. You know, I just just want to go out there and enjoy and uh, enjoy and have the uh, opportunity to put my my team in the uh, in a chance to win every ball game.
0: Brandon, give me a scouting report of you. Somebody that doesn't know you, tell me what you do well you think.
2: Um, you know, I command command the strike the strike zone very very well and uh throw four pitches and comfortable with throwing them whenever, wherever. Uh you know, attack hitters with all four pitches and you know, just the kind of bulldog mentality when I get out there.
1: Now, Brandon, uh, your, your backstory is kind of interesting as well. We had Kylie McDaniel on uh, earlier this week, and he had done a story on you when you were in high school, and sort of the decision you made in the senior year, your senior year at, at American Heritage, uh, and 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 it was we kind of started talking about it how how it was interesting because you are seeing a lot of college football players kind of do the same thing, right? Not wanting to risk injury not wanting to hurt their standings going into the draft. So a lot of them will just you know, they'll will go to the combine, but they'll skip a lot of the private workouts and essentially say yeah. to the teams, Hey, look, you you guys have been following me probably for two or three years at this point. Um yeah, I am what I am. There's mm-hmm. there's a lot to like here. And I, I'm just wondering if you could walk us through your thought process there and tell us a little bit about that story because it 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 really is it's it's ballsy, frankly, and yeah. and it's also intriguing.
2: Yeah, no, hundred um, percent. It was a decision that took a, you know, not it wasn't a one day decision that I made. You know, I was thinking about it for months, and you know, just kind of talking to my family, talking over with my uh, my now agent. You know, just going over and going through the pros and cons, and you know, I felt like I did everything that I needed to do. I put myself in a good a good spot, like you said. You know, these guys have been watching. Me and everybody else in high school baseball, or college baseball guys that are in the draft for the past, you know, two or three years now. And, you know, I felt like I put myself in a good position that past summer, uh, the summer leading up to my senior year and then, you know, did what I needed to do in my senior season. And, you know, I can't, felt, I felt like, uh, I showed what I needed to show and didn't really want to risk anything more, you know, especially with a lot of the top guys and especially pitching guys going down with, you know, Tommy John surgeries or, you know, tearing their labrum, stuff like that. You know, I didn't, I didn't, saw a common, common denominator happening. And I, I, you know, I just rather avoid it and, you know, put myself in the best opportunity to uh, come and win ball, win ball games for the club that would choose me.
0: Brandon. Yeah. You sound like you're very mentally strong. I I played baseball in high school. I, I, there's no way I could have done that. Like I, there's, I wasn't mentally strong enough to go. Okay. I trust, well, you know, what I've shown enough that they're going to buy in and then I'm going to go where I ultimately want to go. Are you mentally that strong to be able to do that?
2: Yeah, I would like to think that I am, you know, it's just going back in years and years of me just, you know, taking the time and dedicating these past 18 years to, you know, make this dream come true, you know, and it's just, it's one of those things where it was a hard decision, of course, you know, like I'm a, I'm a competitor. I love to compete, but at the end of the day, I gotta do what's best for myself and what's best in my interest.
1: When did it become obvious to you that the Blue Jays had interest in you and that they were they were okay with that decision? Because it, the it's kind of an interesting story given that, you know, it's 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 kind of similar to Bo to Bichette in that uh, as as Dante his father told us, you know, Bo's got yeah. his own way of doing things. He had his own, you know, his own way of doing things mechanically as a hitter when he was in high school. And they kind of said to teams, Hey, you know, one thing you need to know is Bo is Bo and he's going to do this. And if you're not comfortable with it, well, frankly, you probably shouldn't, shouldn't think of drafting him. And as Dante said, credit the Blue Jays for being open. Did you find the Blue Jays open to this whole thing right from the get-go that they were like, Hey, that's fine. Whatever you, whatever you want to do.
2: A hundred percent, you know, credit to the Blue Jays and, you know, just the organization, the amazing organization that they have, you know, they um, they took the opportunity and they gave me the chance to come and play for such a great organization that develops players year in and year out. And, you know, they just, the moment I got here, they greeted me with open arms, you know, from the call that I got on draft day till you know, now, you know, it's, it's been a great opportunity. And, you know, they've all been super supportive and, you know, kind of guiding me and helping me through this this journey.
0: Brandon this is we're not going to push our luck. This is our last question. Is, <laughs> the, is there a goal for you this year? You know, you talk to the Blue Jays. Is there something they want you to work on whether it's routine, whether it's conditioning, is there one thing that they really want you to get better at?
2: You know, main main goals for the Blue Jays and I throughout this whole year is, you know, just to to pitch uh to pitch the whole year, stay healthy and um you know, just continue to throw strikes and give my team the opportunity to win.
1: Brandon, actually, I do have one more question one more. for you. I'm going to push it here. Uh, the, the Blue Jays have obviously spent a lot of money, invested a lot of time in developing their pitching lab. I don't want you to give away stri- state secrets, but what's the coolest thing you've had access to mm-hmm. since signing with the Blue
2: Jays? Definitely the pitching lab that we have in our in our facility. It's just, uh, I mean, not I don't know if I can say too much, but you know it's just a this mm-hmm. little room that has a bunch of cameras and a bunch of metrics that we you could sit there and literally watch all day you know from pitch by pitch you know see how how well your pitches move um you know the velocity the metrics all that stuff and it's 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 great just to know you know how well your stuff plays and get the feedback from coaches and you know all these guys who are are well-informed and that kind of stuff.
1: Brandon, listen, we really appreciate your time. Thanks right, so Steph. much, man. Stay healthy, keep it going, and we'll look forward to talking again soon. Be well.
2: Yes, sir. Thank you, guys. Thank you for
1: having me. Yep. Take care, Brandon Barriera of the uh Toronto Blue Jays. We got through that. The How line only that? dropped twice. I swear to God, you know I was ready to throw sure. something.
0: yeah. What would you have thrown it? What? Where would you throw it? I'd probably throw it at you. Wouldn't hurt. Protein shake, man. What is this? That's not a protein shake. <laughs> So, why are you shaking it? Well, I mean, That's it's a good question. Why are you shaking but it? It's it a It's not a protein shake. shake. Oh, it's not? What? Yeah, it would... Is it? What? That's
1: it's just... nothing nefarious. It's, it's just, it's.
0: Something that you got to work check. with you every day. If I if
1: I need a little something, <laughs> I need a little something. You know what I mean. And then you I got can phone be line today. I could have uh, you yeah, know. Was, then I got was, the phone line thing good. happening. wasn't good. I mean, well, I, you know,
0: I, I would. I wonder every time I hear these guys talk about the lab, if that would have made me a better player hitter. I player, I don't think so. Like running the bases, baseball IQ. I I, I take pride in enough of that that I think I was good enough when it comes to that part of it to be an everyday big leaguer. That's just me saying that. Other people may have thought differently. Offensively, I wonder if I would just went in that lab and stood and, and you know, you know it, re- it recreated whatever it was doing little, to me. Put a little cap on you, a tinfoil sure, cap I'm and- sure. I'm sure it does something of that nature mm-hmm. to you to get the best out of you that you can possibly be. Would it have worked? I often wonder it's like a was it just enough to
1: every time I hear lab, I keep thinking of like Dr. Frankenstein and all that, and they got spare arms here and they're gluing it on and I don't know why. But uh, it's and it it is uh, because doing some reading on Brandon, because he went to American Heritage, which is a school that's produced Tristan Cassis and and Eric Cosmer. I mean it's a it's a it, it it's a it's a legit it's a it's a sports i'm not gonna say sports factory because i'm not shortchanging it. it's a good school mm. and but you go there you don't go there to become a good athlete you go there because you're already an elite athlete and you can get you know you can you can get Brandon, sounds
0: confident they too. would
1: have access i know that they have access to the, the same sort of stuff but yeah it's uh and and we talked about this listen I, he did all the, you know, he did all the, uh, the showcase events. Um, he had a terrific inning in one showcase event, I believe the one in Denver mm-hmm. and his point was, there's lots of video on me. Mm. Uh, and I love the fact and we didn't get a chance to ask this, but I love the fact that he stayed with his team and played shortstop, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I love the fact that he's still with this high school team that he still hung in there. Uh, and 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 was a good um, you know th- was a good teammate and all that, but I I get that uh, you know what he ended up signing for over three was it three point seven million something like that. Um, I a lot of I have a lot of time. It's one of the reasons hmm. I don't want to talk about hockey, but it's one of the reasons that I never when Eric Lindros and his family essentially took control of Eric's career in junior and then took control and continued to have control of his career when he was with the Quebec, when he was drafted by the Quebec Nordic and said he wasn't going to play in Quebec. And, of course, this is a real not a hockey thing to do. Hockey, you got to be happy regardless of what everybody does. Uh-huh. It, ever, whatever anybody does to you, you got to be happy. You got to take it and move on. I had a lot of time for that because if you're in a position where you can make economic decisions to benefit you, if you're in a position when you can take care of your, where you can take care of
0: yourself – I have no
1: problem with young dudes doing that. Yeah. I, I well, seriously work. don't. You better I gotta, work.
0: Huh? Like you better have good people around you that, that know the ins and outs and what the organizations or conversations are like. Like yeah, you've you got, got to have, have people, a lot of people. And, no and you've question. got to know. Because like, Brandon didn't. Like he's got to have somebody that knows somebody the must ins have, and outs and says this. Somebody will work. must have said to Try him. Try this. Or somebody must have said to work. him,
1: hey, you know what? We've spoken to sure. organization no X, question. And they're like he's okay just not going to do
0: it just to be doing it all willy-nilly. Like you gotta do that. You gotta have good conversations but with I, the right uh, people to know that you gotta I an
1: educated guess. this'll work. Yeah. I still understand though the idea that nope, I've done my thing. I'm not gonna go out and throw for you. You got all this video on me. Like what 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 am I going to show you in half an hour or whatever, 20 minutes. That's going to change your mind. It's like using that pinch hitter, it better work. Do we have any more <laughs> back leg line things? Matt and Hamilton. See, I know that this line isn't going to drop.
2: Oh, I get what It's it. a tough one to explain, but basically, if two players have similar stats, do you, is there a feeling that one player is more valuable than the other based on a clutch factor or maybe something that you can't explain. I just feel that the Jays have a bunch of guys right now where the confidence is low when they step up to the plate, um, regardless of what stats or ancillary stats they're putting up. Thanks, guys.
1: I mean, uh, uh, George Springer doesn't seem to lack confidence. Bosher as hell doesn't. Vladdy doesn't. Chapman doesn't. Wit doesn't. Wit doesn't. Brandon Bell. I mean, Brandon Belt, I just don't think he Danny can hit Jansen. the fastball. Danny Jansen doesn't.
0: knows?
1: Espinal probably. <laughs>
0: probably. See, I don't think Danny <laughs> Jansen looks real confident offensively. I think he's missing pitches. He thinks he should hammer. And you can tell he's shown that a little bit. Look, he's not a great hitter. Yeah, but the whole uh, but the, the question about here.
1: sort of trying to quantify clutch and all that. I mean, Kevin, you talk about run producers. I
0: mean, okay, I will um, ask you a question. Well, the the last I not quantify a game, other than Boba I, I, <clears> I think there's a lot of luck in clutch. <clears> I do too. I think there's a lot of luck in clutch. But I think you can earn. I think you can. see so I think you can make your own luck sometimes. Your question is what? Sorry, I did. You, it, other than Boba who else would you want up when it matters the most? Right now, right now, today. Well, it's a short list, isn't it?
1: Probably Chap- other than Bo. Probably Chapman
0: and Vladdy. You'd be okay with those two, but you'd rather have Bo. Oh yeah, right That's now. Th- that, yeah. That, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I, I I do think it's your bats. I think it's it's how hard you hit the baseball, even when you're not having, you know, the luck that you want to have, which the ball falling in. I think those are things are are signs. I think past experiences will tell you, tell fans, tell managers,
1: uh, tell hitting coaches. I will say this. I don't, as much as I don't really, you know, the whole clutch thing is kind of problematic for me. But I do believe that there are players who raise their game in the postseason. I do believe that I th- in, in every sport. I just think there are guys who, for whatever reason, find themselves in the middle of things. Like, I, I know... <laughs> Yeah. Derek Jeter, I mean there's a whole cottage industry that, that you know ripping Derek Jeter's career apart towards the final years of his career not as good defensively as everybody. And Derek Jeter got a lot of his awards on the basis of reputation. But Derek Jeter also made plays and did stuff in big games. And I don't know how you necessarily quantify that. Experience maybe? Saint Bernie Williams, like there are a lot of guys. There are a yeah. lot of guys that just yeah, they do come through. Sure, they do come through, and sometimes it's temporary. Scott Brosius had great postseasons. Scott Brosius isn't a great player. He had really good postseasons. Yeah, you always seem to see a guy like that. But yeah, the whole it's hard, right? The whole definition of clutch. Uh, I mean, I I don't I don't know. Runners in scoring position. Does that make you clutch? I mean, I don't know. To me, it makes you a good batter with runners in scoring position. I I don't know what that says about you as a person. As a human being whether you arise to the occasion they, i don't maybe know.
0: they go hand in hand that's that's sort of the biggest parts of the game right that's when the pitcher loses the most money is when he's allowing that guy to score the at bats get a little bit harder the pitchers get a little bit finer with what they want to throw and how much they want to throw it to a certain guy they'll pitch a lot of times to your weakness maybe they don't do that with nobody on base like yeah. they're pitching with their best pitch so yeah, the at bats get a little different. Your mechanics have to be a little bit, bit different. Your mindset has to be different. Maybe that's what you're talking about. Like the heart rate stays the same. How do you how do you quantify heart rate? Yeah. That's a good question. Like I don't, maybe there's not an answer for that. Because I do I do can I can remember it's like throwing the ninth inning. It's like hitting in the ninth inning. The heart rate goes up. I've it's been just, in it. I know you, it goes up. And how do, you, how do you how do you keep it from going up? And the players that do that the best. And there's, there's,
1: you Don't know, chase. I, I guess. I mean, I think, it, and sports is you're still dealing with human beings. You know, you look at no look question. at soccer. Why, why are there some great soccer players who can score unbelievable goals, but just suck from the penalty spot? I mean, there are, there, there are, there are countries that have lost World Cups because their best players, who've been their best players for four years can't score from penalties from the penalty spot. They just can't for hmm. whatever reason. So I, I it, it is, it is a, a problematic question. question. And I, and then, you know, the other thing too, is we have not seen the Jays. We have not seen this group of blue Jays, this group that I'm talking about. Now that Batista and all those guys are gone, we haven't seen them win a playoff series. So I don't know. Would it surprise you if Whit Merrifield, if they make the playoffs and Whit Merrifield goes in a heater and is a great series? Nope. Hmm. But we don't – you don't know until you see it. And from a distance, the guy that I would probably say right now has the the biggest pedigree when it comes to that is is the leadoff hitter, George Springer. He's got that that pedigree. He's won.
0: Yeah.
1: And he's performed well at the biggest times. Knock on wood.
0: Exactly. No. Some would say that has a little something to do with it. Oh, I
1: thought you were knocking on wood.
0: We can't get into that. We cannot? No? <sighs> it's a good question, but it's, yeah, a, it it's a tough question to answer. It really is. Yeah. And um, I like to say if you have talent, you have a sound approach, you swing at good pitches, I want you in those moments. I think that will overcome some of the higher heart rates. What do you think of that? Yeah. I'll take you over somebody that doesn't have those things. Yeah, and as
1: we've talked with Bo, this is—you know—Bo was awfully good last year. He was awfully good in September as well. Sure, like this is this has been a continuation of things. But but ultimately, um, ultimately, you need to see guys do it in in a situation. You know, Teoscar Hernandez had a decent series against the Seattle Mariners. Winter ball, I
0: use earplugs. Teoscar, Teoscar Hernandez. Do we call him clutch? Because he—I I don't know. I needed to be quiet. Winter ball. In the playoffs, it's really loud. I couldn't hear myself think. Earplugs. I played better. I thought. Food for thought. It is. Mm. You don't seem to care about it.
1: I do. You did. I do.
0: You didn't did even respond.
1: Got through another week.
0: No, it's not Friday yet. Boy, you are a TikTok buddy. <laughs> right. uh, here, I was looking forward what? to Friday.
1: John Schneider, the manager what? of the Toronto Blue Jays, was. <laughs> John Schneider, the manager of the Toronto Woo-hoo. Blue Jays, will join us tomorrow for his weekly <laughs> appearance. Kevin Pollard. Yes. Kevin Pollard will be along Much. as well. On Friday, which is tomorrow, which is the last day of the week. Barker's going to go buy me cigars right now. Have a great day.